Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dave Grubb is our buddy from Crescent City Sports to talk Saints and Pels. He's back on the bench. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. How about yourself, sir? I'm chilling. So, uh... Tell me about, uh, first of all, Kamara and Cook's injuries and where they're at going into this game in Chicago. Well, they're out, and, uh, you know, both of them are dealing with uh, some ankle injuries. Kamara also tweaked his knee last week against Jacksonville. Um, So it's a big loss for the Saints offensively. This is a team that has not scored a ton of points um, since Teddy Bridgewater took over, even during this four-game win streak. Uh, that's 40% of the, the, the offense right there. You know, Kamara is the primary target outside of Mike Thomas and the leading rusher, um, and the Saints have not gotten a lot of production out of Latavius Murray as a backup. Cook's been up and down so far this season, but again, he was really their only down-the-field receiving threat at the tight end position. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to go into this game against a very stout Bears defense with not a lot of offensive weapons around him. And so Josh Hill gets the nod for uh, Cook, right? Yes. And, you know, but Cook is – Josh Hill is much more of a blocker. Um, he, you know, he can catch a little bit, but he's just not the kind of dynamic down-the-field guy that, um, you know, you see out of Cook. You know, a guy who had almost 1,000 yards last year with a bad Raiders team. So, uh, you know, it's a big loss. And for uh, somebody like Teddy who needs – those security blanket throws and, and needs a little bit more time than Breeze does to get down the field. And then you add in the fact that Ted Ginn and whomever the Saints have decided on a week-to-week basis at the third receiver spot have not really produced much either. That's a lot of pressure on, on this offense. So bottom line is, and then with uh, Smith's injury, ankle, Hendrickson's injury, neck, they got all kinds of problems. But at the same time, they've won all the games since Breeze went down. Now he's ruled out. But is it true that he's uh, throwing footballs and his thumb's getting better and he's close and that the bottom line is is their defense has carried him in this four-game stretch and it's like uh, Breeze was never out. All they've done is win. Right. At the the end of the day, who cares how they win? It's just that they win. And I think if you would ask any fans, even if with a healthy Drew Breeze, if you had a Saints team that was 5-1 and at this point, you'd be very happy. Um, You know, the opening four-game stretch was as difficult as anybody's in the league. And they came out of that three and one. So, um, you know, Breeze, the reports have been that he is getting stronger. Um, Sean Payton won't give much as much more than that. And that's typical Sean Payton. I don't think he's in any rush to bring Drew back because when you look at the same second half schedule, it's so favorable for, for them. Uh, five of their division games still to go um, down the stretch. Uh, San Francisco is really the only uh, team outside of the division that, that that you look at as a very competitive game. So the Saints are in, in, in a great position. Even if they lose this game, nobody else in the NFC is going to run away from them. Uh, I, I don't I don't think I think every other team at the top has a flaw that can be exploited, and they've beaten Seattle, uh, and they still have an opportunity to play San Francisco. And I think the Saints with a healthy Drew Brees are better than Green Bay. 
So the next four weeks after this one are, I guess, the next five weeks. So the Cardinals aren't in the division, but then it's four straight. Falcons, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, uh, four straight divisional games after the uh, Arizona game. I like the way their season's playing out. I thought they'd go to the Super Bowl this year uh, from the NFC. Do you still think they have a, a great shot at that? Absolutely. If Brees is, is effective when he comes back, I think – you know, the two biggest concerns with Drew Brees are always at the end of the season, does he have is, – is he fatigued? Does he have the same arm strength? Well, he's gotten a good uh, amount of rest. And uh, his, his shoulder, um, which has you know, been the problem the last couple of years, I think should be fine. And if he's rested and ready to go, I think the Saints defense is one of the more underrated ones in the league just because they don't produce a ton of sacks or, or a ton of turnovers. But they've been consistently good, and they've dominated some, some tough offensive lines like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so I, I like the position that they're in, and I think that this division is theirs to be had uh, first and foremost. And um, it's not unreasonable to think that having home field advantage throughout the playoffs is still is still there for them. Are you surprised at how well they've done since he's been out? I have been surprised. Um, I think the biggest thing is that this is a testament to how good a coach Sean Payton is. He didn't decide to just do what he does and continue to air the football out and put Teddy Bridgewater in a position to try to emulate Drew Brees. What he's done is, is each week it's been, okay, what do we have to do to win right now? And some weeks it's been the defense of the special teams. Um, Teddy had a big game against Tampa Bay, and that worked. Thomas Morstead, who's been special teams player of the month and special teams player of the week in the last couple of, uh, last month or so, he's been as effective a weapon for them offensively as, as anybody else on the team. So I think Peyton has adapted very well. He understands what his team can and can't do. And he's put them in position to win every week. And, and what more can you ask? So uh, Dave Grubb with us, Crescent City Sports. What do you think of uh, how well that defense has, frankly, carried him? The defensive line has been um, outstanding. Cam Jordan, everyone knows about. But when you look at guys like Sheldon Rankins um, on the inside and, and you see the development of a Marcus Davenport, um, you know, you see these guys all over the field who are just getting better and better um, on that defensive line. The Saints don't have to blitz. And in the NFL, that is as critical a skill to have on your de- defensive unit as any. When you don't have to bring those extra rushers and you can still collapse a pocket, that allows you to be better in coverage. And, and with the amount of receivers they see on a week-to-week basis, um, I, I just think that they've done a great job. And Dennis Allen, um, he was criticized early in the season, and I think rightfully so with some of his schemes. But he's adapted, and and the Saints have not allowed anybody to have um, a really big performance on them other than Russell Wilson. And you could say Russell Wilson's probably the front runner for MVP right now. I like what uh, Marcus Williams has been doing in the back there. Yeah, he and, and, and Marshawn Lattimore have really played uh, much better. Um, Eli Apple's been more consistent. Uh, he's a guy you know you know very well has been picked on a lot um, for his. Uh, production, but he's been very consistent this season, forcing some turnovers as well. Uh, the Saints defensive backfield was supposed to be their strength coming into the season. They didn't start that way, but they've come on a, as of late. And I think Lattimore is putting himself back in, in, the, in the conversation. You know, he was defensive rookie of the year two years ago and a pro bowler. I think he, I think he has that ability to do that again this year, the way he's played as of late. So what do you think of uh, Bridgewater's stock after all of this? Is it uh, through the roof? Is he going to make a lot of money? Uh, he already made a lot of money with this deal. Is he going to make even more? Look around the league. Look at who's starting for a lot of these teams going into this week. And um, Teddy Bridgewater's still a kid. 
who's, o- who's only 26 years old. Um, his last full season as a starter, he was a pro bowler. And it, it's going to take him some time, I think, to get his rhythm. This is what's not an offense built for him. But inside that locker room, that team loves Teddy Bridgewater. And the city has embraced him. I mean, you've, if, if anybody's watched the game, you've heard the entire Superdome, 70,000 people chanting Teddy um, in a building that, you know, Drew Brees is certainly the most popular guy around with Alvin Kamara uh, not far behind. But they have rallied around Teddy Bridgewater. And um, if Drew Brees is not back, Teddy is your most likely successor. And if he does come back, uh, I still think that you want to have a bridge there uh, because now Breeze is at that stage in his career where he could be injured and could miss time during a season. So, so Teddy, yeah, he's loved here, but I'm certain he will be a target from other teams come the offseason. Are you surprised that a thumb actually, I mean, uh, you, you know, that brought him down seriously, like that, that that's what got him was a thumb injury because that guy's played through everything. And he's been pretty lucky in his career, Breeze. And then, then a thumb gets him. Were you surprised at that? You know, digits, when, when, you, when you fling it as much as, as he does, um, and it, it's one of those fluke things. You know, he just happened, the best defensive lineman in the NFL, Aaron Donald, is right in your face. You're trying to get rid of the ball, and you just you hit his helmet. And, and we've seen it with running backs. We've seen it with defensive linemen. And this time it just happened to get Drew Breeze. Um, I, I don't view it as one of those things where people say, it's an age injury. I think it's just one of those freak things. If it had been a knee or a back or a shoulder, um, I'd be much more concerned. But I think this is a bounce-back injury, and um, I think he'll be primed to go coming back. Um, if it is, you know, right after the bye, the, the scene in the Superdome will be insane if he comes back. His first game back is against the Falcons. So, uh, Dave Grubb with us from Crescent City Sports. What's been the reaction today off of the news of Zion Williamson's injury, and he's going to be out allegedly several weeks? It has been a roller coaster. Um, When it first came down uh, yesterday, when we first heard that Zion was going to skip the Knicks game, uh, you know, the conversation started around load management, started checking with some people, Um, and we had heard that he had finished practice on Thursday, um, that he was not removed from anything, that he had completed all his drills, but the soreness was reported afterward. Um, And, again, they're still not even sure exactly when it happened. So the the first was just not enough information, but now once we've gotten the report that it it, it could be weeks, then you start wondering, is it a meniscus injury? Um, Is it a a ligament strain? Or, you know, is there something more at work here? and then it, it invites all the other questions that come along to it with Zion. Is he too heavy? Did he come in in shape? Uh, and, and I think it's just it's so hard to speculate. Uh, I think David Griffin does not want to take any chances with this young man, nor, nor should he. And we've seen t- teams take this preemptive approach with uh, guys like Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or Blake Griffin, who had worse injuries than this, um, as far as we know at this point. So with the Pelicans' schedule, those first 20 games, and it, it would have been rough with him being fully healthy. I think this is the time. If you're going to rest him, rest him now. Make sure he's 100% because you're not winning a championship this year. You're trying to build for the long term, and there's no need to rush Zion, especially considering that this is the deepest team that they've ever had since this team got to New Orleans. I got one minute, respectfully. They still have Ball, Reddick, Holiday, uh, and Ingram, uh, just to name a few. So I think they'll be fine, actually. I just think it sucks he's not going to play for a while. Absolutely. The joy of, of opening night is going to be much different. 
people are going to miss him and, and the excitement. And, and you saw in the preseason, he's been as, a, as dominant as any rookie's been in the last 20 years. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But I think the Pelicans are a very talented team. Six players in the NBA's top 100 more than any other team in the league. So, at the very least, they should be very competitive and still very entertaining. And they uh, beat the Knicks tonight, 117-116. That's uh, my Knicks. All they do is lose. They're really good at it. Uh, hey, but, watch out! Watch out for Nikhil Alexander Walker. Anybody who's not paying attention to that kid should really be watching him. Yeah, he had 17 tonight, and everybody's talking about he's like the steal of the draft. Absolutely, 17th pick of the draft. Um, a kid out of Virginia Tech that um, played shooting guard, but now has moved and is playing a lot more right. point. And he's been scoring since summer league, and he can distribute and he can defend. He's almost like a, a hybrid of Drew Holiday and Lonzo right. Ball. Uh, I can't wait to see him play. I didn't get to watch the game tonight, but I'll be watching tons of their games. I can guarantee you that. Always good, Dave. Thanks for coming on the bench. Thanks for having me, Scott. Have a great one. All right, you, you too. Have a good weekend. David Grubb, Crescent City Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.